Deuteronomy chapter 7 is where we're going this morning, and today uh, the title of my message is The One Constant Thing, and uh, I just was in preparation, was thinking about um, the way things are in the world today, and you know, all you got to do is, I, I say it all the time, you just flip on the channels, uh, any news network will tell you how bad things are out there. Um, and uh, that's why it's so important for us to be in services like this, because yeah, we, ad- we admit that the things aren't that great out there, but see, we have the answer to what, wh- where, where things need to be. Amen? We have the answer to make things better. And one of the things uh, I was thinking about is uh, there's just so many reasons to not trust somebody these days. And I already hear people laughing because you all know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just so many reasons. I mean, we can start at the top and talk about politicians, you know, not keeping promises they made when they got elected or, or you know, hiding stuff in bills they're trying to pass or, or whatever. And then, and then you, you know, you just you read about the, the Craigslist scams and people selling stuff on eBay or online and, and they're getting there and, and, and bad things are happening or, you know, or you, you, you see shows, you know... Um, where they talk about meet and greets on people meeting online and they go and meet somewhere and, you know, they turn out to be, you know, uh, I think it's called catfishing, you know, where they, where they go and they, they, they put up this image of themselves and then they get there and they're like Quasimodo and they're not anything like they, <laughs> they, they're not anything like they've portrayed themselves to be. And I'll just tell you, you know, you, 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 you hear that over and over and over again and it really starts to, for lack of a better term, it really starts to pervert our, twi- our, our, our trust. It twists our trust. And, and if we keep hearing about those things over and over and over again, it'll get to the point where we don't trust anybody. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I know that every time I, I, I'm going to Jacksonville this week for a, a, a church planning conference, and um, I, I booked my hotel and then I, I had to call and make sure that I, I had it got booked right. You know, I was just like, I want to make sure that I got this room. And I want to make, you know, because I've, how many of you ever booked a hotel and you get there and it's not what they told you it was going to be? You know what I mean? And that's the kind of conditioning that we have been put in, into the world today. But today, I want to say to you, there is one constant pillar uh, in our lives that we can always trust in. And that is the character and person of God. Even though things are pointing us, the world is pointing us to be so cautious, to be so paranoid, and I, and I believe in being cautious and using wisdom, but listen, we need to not let that creep into our hearts to where we get to the point that we don't even trust God. All right? There is one constant thing, and that is the Lord himself. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse number 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I want to say to you this morning this. God will never let us down. Come on, that should have got a better amen than that. God will never let us down. God will never give up on us. God will never be the source of bad things coming into our lives. Come on, that should make somebody happy. All right? He is constantly faithful. And faithfulness can be defined as this, a consistent reputation. Listen, God has a reputation today to always honor his word. 
He is a, uh, has a reputation of never failing, and he's got a reputation of always being on time. Amen? Amen. Uh, I, I am, I, I, faithfulness can, be, can, can go either good or bad. You know, you've got people that are some people that are just faithful to mess things up. <laughs> and then you have some people that are just faithful, like, like God's faithful, and just there when you need them. And are, are doing things for you, okay? Listen, you may have been burned in business. You may be burned at your job. You may have been burned in your finances, burned in relationships, and you don't trust anyone anymore. But I want to encourage you today that God is faithful. He'll never let never turn you away, never bring bad things into your life. He will not destroy us. He will not of us. God is always going to protect us, promote us. Come on, always meet your needs. Always and always be there for you. Amen? He is faithful. He is the one constant thing. I want to say this as we, as we start this. Uh, if he wasn't faithful, we'd never hear about anything good that God's done. If he wasn't faithful, we'd never hear anything good that he's done. All right? So the first thing I want to make sure that you understand today is God is faithful to do what his word said he would do. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Now that quote, I, I, I contribute that to uh, one of my mentors, um, Kenneth Hagin, said, faith begins where the will of God is known. And, the, 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 and that's, a, that's a really good statement, but then you see people go, that's great, but how can I know what the will of God is? You know, I don't really read God's mind, I, I don't pretend to know everything that God's thinking, so how can I know? It's very simple. If we can find a promise in the Bible, then we can rest assured that God wants to make it a reality in our life. Come on now. That should have got a better amen too, all right? All right. If we can find a promise in the Bible, we can rest assured knowing that God wants to make it a reality in our life. That it doesn't have to just be written words on a page anymore. That it be something we can go and put our hands on. It can actually be something that we can go and bring into our reality and actually hold it or ride in it or live on somebody. If it's a promise in the Bible, we can expect to see it in our lives. All right? Unless the things that we want line up with the word of God, then God is not obligated to be faithful. This is why David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Why? Because he was wanting the same things God wanted and he was seeing those things in his life. I mean, think about it. You know, God, God chose David to be king. Now, some people are like, well, yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, if God chose me to be king, of course I would want to be king. And, and I used to think that way too until I became a senior pastor. And then I think, I can't even imagine the responsibility of running a whole country. I don't know what that would be like. I don't know that I would want to do that. But something about David's desires became God's desires, and look what happened. Everything David started to do became exactly what God said he was going to do. When God makes a promise, we can rest assured that we can receive it, okay? God does not have to be consistent or constant in anything that is apart from his word. He's not obligated, okay? But that which is expressed he will be constantly constant in making it so. All right? It's not that he couldn't do other things if he wanted to, but he chooses not to because God is now bound by his own integrity. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, I, I had an argument one time with a, a, a lady at a, a, the church we came from, 
Uh, and, and I said, I said, you know, God can't just do anything he wants to do. And she looked at me real funny and she was like, what? Are you, what do you mean God can't do anything he wants to do? And I'm like, well, I'm not saying he's not able. Sure. If God wanted to, we could all just be a greasy spot in the universe somewhere, you know, just blow it all up. But you know what? He said he would never destroy the earth like, like he did with, that, uh, with Noah again. So guess what? I'm not really worried about him destroying the earth. Why? Because he said he wouldn't. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't lack the ability to do that. How many of you know if he chose to, and we'd all just be forgotten about? But God is bound by his own integrity to follow through with what he said he would do. Okay? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23, it says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If God's word says it, his words have the power, and God's power is what backs up his promises. I like to say it this way. His word has got a AAA credit rating. <laughs> now, y'all understand how that works, right? Your credit reports, and I just pulled this off the internet just to kind of layman's terms exactly what, how the credit reports work. But your credit report contains a history of how you've paid your bills, how much open credit you have, how, uh, and anything else that would affect your credit worthiness. Your credit score boils down all of that information into a rating. Using the credit score, lenders can predict with accuracy how likely the borrower is to repay a loan and make payments on time. It's how electronics and department stores can offer instant credit. Okay? Now, this is, this is pretty awesome when you read this because it's like if they can predict with some accuracy... Uh, just based on their credit rating, man, why are we having a hard time trusting God? Because if we go back and check the history, come on, somebody. Somebody needs to get a hold of this at this point. If you just go back and check the history, I don't think there was ever a time where he didn't come through when he said he was going to come through. There's nowhere in the Bible, there's no story that we all read and growing up in Sunday school. There was never a time where he was like, hey, Noah, if you build an ark... I'm going to make it rain. And it's like Noah built this ark, and then for 300 years it just sat there dry. No, it rained. <laughs> it's not like he went to David and said, hey, David, I want to make you king. And then David died still waiting to be king. No, David became king. He didn't just tell Abraham, come on, somebody. He didn't just say, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations, and he died childless. No, Abraham became the father of many nations. Why? Because the history shows God's credit rating. And if he says it, we can know that it's for us right now. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but come on somebody, my words will never pass away. His word is the constant expression of what he wants. And if you believe it, you'll be able to see it. Let's go over to Mark chapter 16. Now this is the Great Commission. Everybody knows this story. I mean, if you grew up anywhere close to a church, you heard this scripture. All right? Jesus is telling the, the guys what they're going to do. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, this is the Great Commission. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now this is Jesus actually telling these guys, this is what your job description is. 
Anybody at work get those job descriptions when you first started, you know, what your boss expects of you and, and that kind of thing? This is Jesus giving these guys their job description. Now those guys go out and they take the job description and they go and they start doing it. In verse 19, it says this, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now check this out. It doesn't end there. It says, And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. Now check this out. The next part. Confirming. What's that next word there? The word through the accompanying signs. Now, they didn't just go out and hope. They didn't just, I mean, could you imagine the, 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 the 12 apostles going out? And they're like, well, okay, let me get up the nerve. All right, you need to be saved, uh, I think. When they went out, they spoke with boldness. And what was happening? Thousands of people at a time would get saved. Why? Because God was confirming what he said he would do through them. Everybody, they prayed for it. I mean, you talk about amazing stuff happened. Peter's shadow healed people. I mean, he's just, why? Because this is what God said would happen. And when he says it, he is now obligated to do what his word says he would do. All right? Why did they happen? Because God gave his word. All right, people go and give their word all the time and recount it. You know, I, I remember I, I sold a Suburban one time on, on eBay. A red Suburban. I was really happy with it. I loved it. It was, a, it, was a, it was the only car I've ever owned that wasn't black. I've owned black cars from the time I could drive all the way up to now. And uh, I even make my wife drive a black car. <laughs> And so I had this red Suburban. My dad owned a car lot. We went to the auction. I found this Suburban, and I was really wanting a Suburban. And this was the only one coming through, and so we got it, and, um, and, and we bought it. And, and I loved it, but I just could not get over the fact that it was red. I felt like a fireman. I mean, I just wanted to just jump out and run somewhere with an axe and a hat on, you know. I just felt awkward. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I finally just said, you know what, I'm, put, I'm putting it on eBay. I, and I sold it, and I sold it on eBay. And actually made some money on it. But when I, I remember when the guy came to, the guy flew all the way from Georgia to Lexington, Kentucky to pick it up. And, and so I, I drive down to the airport and, and I'm there to pick him up. And I mean, the guy just flew, you know, two hours in an airplane and he gets there and, and, and he gets off and he walks around it and he starts wanting to renegotiate. And I'm like, no, this is the price we agreed on. And, and he acted like he was, he's like, well, just take me back to the airport then. I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I remember driving back towards the airport so disappointed. And I, I know he was trying to get me to, to you know, he was bluffing me a little bit. Because when we pulled up to the airport, I reached over to shake his hand. And he goes, okay, I'll take it. And I'm like, what, what do we have to go through all that for? For you to save $300 or whatever it was you were trying to talk me out of? I mean, there, was no, there was no point in that. And, and when people agree to something and they back off them and it causes us to be that way. But listen, God's word says in Numbers chapter 23 that he's not a man that he should lie. If he says it, you don't have to worry about him renegotiating it. You don't have to worry about him pulling back and going, uh, 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 uh. If his word says it, we can believe it. That, Brother Hagin, you say that if God's word said it, that's it. It's, or it settles it. I'm, I'm good with that. All right? So God is. God is faithful to do what his word says he would do. Second thing I want to say to you today is this. He is faithful 
in spite of your doubts. Second Timothy, chapter number two. Second Timothy, chapter number two. This is one of my favorite um, books of the of the Bible because he's writing to a young pastor, and I still consider myself young. Um, nobody laughed at that. Great. Either that, or you all just shaking your head, going, "Poor fellow, thinks he's young." Second Timothy chapter 2. As long as Clairol makes nice and easy hair dye, I will be young forever. Come on, somebody. All right. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse number 11 says this. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Check this out. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And then it says he cannot deny himself. How many of you would be honest enough to say that your faith is fickle? I'll raise both hands. Our faith is. It's fickle. But I want to say this, and this should make you feel good. Our faith doesn't dictate who God is. doesn't matter if you got up today and you didn't really feel it. You know what I'm talking about? When you, when you go to pray and you feel like God's... 10,000 miles away or a million miles away, you go and you pray and your, your prayer hits the ceiling, comes back, smacks you in the face. Anybody ever been, felt that? I see a few people shaking hand, heads, yeah. I mean, it, you know what? That feeling doesn't dictate God's character. God is faithful to who he is regardless if we believe him or not. Even though we have our ups and downs, our faith doesn't change God. It's not our faith that causes God to be who he is. God is who he is because he chooses to be. There's nothing that we can do to change God. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I just need to pray hard enough and man, I, I mean, hopefully we'll change God's mind. You ain't going to change God's mind. God's mind's already for you. <laughs> God is already, and listen, y'all know he was good before he ever created anything. I mean, floating around in there wherever he was before the great unknown out there. I mean, he was still a good God. He was still a faithful God. He was still a God who, who could heal. He was still a God if he didn't have anybody to heal. He was still a God that could deliver even though he didn't have anybody to deliver. He was still a God who could touch somebody and, and change them even though there wasn't nobody to touch. Why? Because that's who he is. There is nothing that we can do to change God. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord and I change not. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For all the promises in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. You know, it's just who God is. It's just who God is. God is just good. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that God thinks like us. Now listen, I know everybody in here is who you are because of experiences you've had. People that you've met. Places that you've gone. And I'm sure if we had the time, we could go around this room and let everybody in here tell a story about, you know, some memorable thing in your life that still affects you today. We could all tell it. You know, I tell one that I, I say quite often, you know, and, and those of you who are, are regular here, you know me well enough by now that, you know, I, I am a, I'm, I'm forward, I'm not a bit shy, 
And you can really see it in my, my six-year-old Preston is exactly, that's the way I was at six years old. Uh, just annoying, obnoxious, doesn't ever meet a stranger. I mean, we were at Disney yesterday at, at uh, Hollywood Studios, and I felt so bad for the guy in front of us, cause Pre- and we were in line for 70 minutes going to the Toy Story ride, and Preston talked to this guy <laughs> the whole time we were in line. I mean, he was like, they were on the on the, the, the handrails, and he just kept scooting right next to him all the way over. And Pre- Preston was like, you know, I'm six years old. My name's Preston. What's your name? I mean, he just was just all over this guy the whole time we were there. And the, the guy was, you know, with his family and stuff, and he was just kind of trying to, oh, that's good. And he kept looking at me like, what are you doing? Get this kid away from me, you know. I felt so bad, but that's exactly the way I was, all right? And, and, and I used to run into the, to the rooms at the house, and, and, and I would run down the hall. Now, listen, if you can imagine a six-year-old with this voice, this voice has been here ever since I came out of the womb. Okay, some people have heard me say that before. I came out of the womb crying like this. <laughs> I mean, they used to, everybody laughed. I mean, my cousins would call the house. I've said this a million times. Uh, the, the cousins would all call the house hoping that I would answer the phone three, four, or five years old because I sounded like this. I'd be, hello? <laughs> and so uh, I'm six years old, and I'm running through the house, and I would start at the end of the hallway, and I would run down the hall, and I would be like, ladies and gentlemen, and then I would jump into the room. That was me. That was, that was me as a, as a kid. And so I come flying down the hall one day, and I say, ladies and gentlemen, and I make my big jump into the room and tripped and fell and busted my head on the corner of the coffee table. Now, I will tell you right now, I, to this day, do not just jump into rooms anymore. That shaped part of who I am. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm very cautious. I always look behind doors before I go in. Hardly, I mean, listen, my hands are full, and I just can't help it. I don't just throw doors open anymore. I mean, that affected me, and it's affected me for the rest of my life. Our experiences shape who we are. I can tell you stories about, you know, uh, when Jody and I were dating. I was, ex- I was expecting Jody to break up with me. Why? Because the last girlfriend that I had before her broke up with me. It completely changed me. I used to be one of those guys who would be like, you know, I didn't have four or five girlfriends. I just didn't really go with anybody. I just kind of just went out with a bunch of people. You know, I'd go out with this girl, you know, go, go to the next day, go to the movies with some other girl. And, 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 and it wasn't like weird. It wasn't, wasn't like, you know, again, some of your all's past experiences are making that weird right there. But it was just kind of, you know, just date around. And, and so then I got serious and this girl broke my heart. I mean, in a million little pieces, stomped it, broke it, just like that. And it was just like, oh, what happened there? And I was expecting Jody to break up with me at any moment. Like I just knew it was going to happen. Because I got shaped by an experience. Listen, God hasn't been shaped by experiences. God shaped all of us and shaped those experiences and shaped the world that we live in. He is the one that actually shapes the world that we live in with his hands. He's not shaped by past experiences. It's not like when Adam and Eve fell, God determined that all of mankind is now, you know, no good. He still saw the good in all of us, even though Adam and Eve sinned. Why? He wasn't shaped by that. That didn't shape who God was. He already had the plan in place to put in, to get us out of it. God doesn't think like us. You know, the Bible says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways above yours. He doesn't think like us. He doesn't, he's not shaped by our faith. 
He's not shaped by our experiences. God is always the creator. God is always the healer, the provider, the salvation of mankind. He is the comforter. He is the deliverer. Come on, somebody. God, God, regardless of what we're going through, he was and is, and like the song says, always will be God. No matter if we believe it, don't believe it, sort of believe it, kind of believe it, Believe it today because I had a good, good day in the word. Come on. Believe it today because I feel it. God is still God. All right. He is whatever you want him to be. Now, how many of you, Now, I've asked this before, how many of you watched the Bible when it was on TV? All right. Um, I don't know that you could ever get better than Charlton Heston playing Moses. I don't know about you. I, I mean, I thought it was okay, but, but I still, I mean, how do you, how do you replace Charlton Heston? You just, you know, I mean, when he stood there at the Red Sea in the, in the original Ten Commandments, he goes, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I mean, you're just like, yes, I will, yes, I see the salvation. I mean, you, we all do, come on. Even if it's 50 years old, you just know it. Okay, that, that's, that, that was Moses. This guy did okay, all right? This guy, he was all right. But, you know, I, I thought it was so cool because when, when they showed the burning, fiery bush, bush moment and he's standing there and he goes okay god i'll 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 go who do i tell him sent me and god's words we all know this story god's words so you tell him i am sent you and i used to think whoa that's like slamming the door there's no way you're going to doubt that i am okay i'm going you're you're it i'm going and then i heard this in hebrews chapter 11 verse number six but without faith It is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe, now check out these next two words, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I was raised my whole life in church, the the, the Pentecostal church I grew up in, I was raised to believe that this verse meant he that comes to God must believe that God exists. Did anybody else ever get taught that? That's what I was taught. If you're going to come to God, you've got to first believe that he exists. That's the way I was taught. And then we all got excited about he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I was like, oh, yes, he's a rewarder. Praise God. All right. But if you go and look up that word, those words he is in, in the Greek, that it doesn't mean exist. Because believing he exists has absolutely nothing to do with it. You're not going to come to God if you don't believe he exists. You just, that's going to happen. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. In fact, the, the, the Bible tells us that the demons in hell and dev, the devils all believe that he exists. It has nothing to do with that. Why? Our faith doesn't shape who he is. Okay? He is already God. All right? Now, what does that mean then? Those are the exact same words as what he said to Moses. I am. Well, what does that mean? Well, basically... What to Moses. I mean, Moses threw down the rod and turned to a snake, put his hand in his pocket and pulled it out, had leprosy on it, put it back in, come back out, it's normal, he picks up the snake and turns back into a rod. When he got to Egypt and he says all that, what was God at that moment? God was, I am whatever, come on, you need me to be at the time that you need it. This is what the Hebrews writer is saying. He that comes to God must believe that he is. He is what? 
whatever, come on, you need. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. He is the God that heals. He is the God that delivers. He is the God that promotes. He is the God that protects. He is the God that reaches into the bad situations, come on, and pulls out the good. He is the one that's going to save your family. He is the one that's going to give you favor. He is what you're looking for. I, I am whatever you need. Everything we are or whatever came out of him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, I'm going to close with this. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's how he can be everything you need him to be. He is, regardless of your feelings, what you're needing today. This is who he is. And he was that before he ever created any of us. Your lack of faith or your your full-blown amount of faith doesn't dictate or change God. He is the God that sets us free. He is the God that died for your salvation. He is the God that sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us. He is the God who gives us his healing power. He is the God that does the good things that we need in our life. And he always says yes. Amen. Father, thank you for our time together today.